Okay, the next topic in the introductory series is the question, what prevents awakening? This is a really good question. It's a good question to ask yourself. It's a good question to look into. It points to some very interesting places. So I have a couple of different ways of answering this. One is, I do always feel it's important to point out that in one very real sense, nothing prevents awakening. Both because it is already the case, it's already here, it's already this, truly. Even if it doesn't seem like it, even if you feel disconnected or cut off from it, or from your true nature, or from yourself, or from life, it doesn't mean that this isn't the case because it already is. So nothing really prevents this. Nothing can touch this, no doubt, no hope, no control mechanism of the mind. It's imperturbable. Always on, always this. The other part of that is that when this wants to come forth in your life, it will. Sometimes that happens through practice, through inquiry, through engaging the awakening process. Sometimes it just bursts forth. It just comes through because it wants to, or it does. When you feel that, you know nothing's gonna stop this. The mind can't stop it. Doubt can't stop it. Doubt is obliterated like ice thrown into the fire with the knowing of true nature, standing on its own here, burning up all delusion. The second answer is perhaps a bit more in depth and a bit more practical, but it's also important. And it's helpful to look into this in your own experience, to look into the mechanism of thought, the mechanism of distraction, the mechanism of conceptualization, the mechanism of doubt. These are three main areas that the, let's call it the ego, uses to grab your attention, to pull you down the mind road, to get you entangled in thought, to get you entangled in the illusion of time, to get you entangled in the illusion of doership, separation, and all the rest. So, the first one, distraction, mind wandering, being distracted by interesting or sparkly intellectual pursuits or pseudo-intellectual pursuits, or simply using thought to redirect your attention. It seems like the senses are grabbing your attention sometimes, but it's not really the senses, it's the mind's interpretation of the senses. It's the thought saying, oh, look over here, this is more interesting. Whatever distraction it is, pick your favorite distraction or substance or television program or conversation or anything. But distraction is just a way of redirecting attention kind of endlessly. You know, 
And that endless redirection just keeps you sort of walking like a dog on a leash and your mind is holding the leash. That's distraction. And why do we let ourselves be distracted? Usually it's because it's uncomfortable not to be. If we stop following those distractions for a moment, we might feel a little uncomfortable. If we stop following distractions for a long period of time, we might feel very uncomfortable. We might feel some intense emotion come up, some fear or intense restlessness or confusion or anger even. And a lot of times that's enough to redirect our mind to something else, another distraction or redirect our attention. But if you stick it out, if you, through a technique, a koan, a, an inquiry question, resting in the pure sense of being or I am, you stick with that, those emotions will come and go. And something remains, something ineffable, something that's not distractible, can't be distracted. It's the space in which distraction seems to occur. So that's one way to break the spell of distraction. Also, that's a good way to break the spell of any mental activity that's seemingly preventing awakening. The next one is conceptualization. Interestingly, this is often the conceptualization of spirituality itself. Reading endless doctrine and books and talking about it, discussing it, arguing about it, discussing which the highest truth or the highest knowledge or the highest path is. That itself is not an uncommon way that we confuse ourselves about what awakening really is because it's not about an understanding of this. It's about this. It's beyond understanding and it's before understanding. So conceptualization can be a very tricky one, especially for some people. The third one, probably the biggest one because it's not so obvious that it's a thought, but it's kind of laced throughout all other thoughts, including distractions and pseudo emotional thoughts, meaning not a fully felt emotion, but a sort of thought around emotion or a thought avoiding emotion is often laden with doubt. And intellectualization is something very interesting because it has a paradoxical relationship with doubt. It feels like certainty, but it's mental certainty. So it can be very hard to convince people sometimes that they're doing this because they don't realize they feel doubt underneath it all, but they're afraid to feel the doubt. So the doubt is suppressed or repressed by knowledge or by an attachment to knowledge, especially spiritual knowledge. Let go of that spiritual knowledge and then you'll feel the doubt. Sometimes if I'm talking to someone like this and they ask or they want the pointing, I'll just say, okay, well, what if you let go of all that spiritual knowledge right now? What if it's just gone, taken away? How does it make you feel? Does it make you feel lost, scared? What is there, you know? And that'll lead you often into that doubt. But at some point you start to recognize even doubt is a thought. It's that initial thought that's like, oh no, I'm not sure. So then what do we do when we're not sure? Well, we try to make ourselves sure. We think of something, we intellectualize, we distract, we do any number of things to not feel the doubt. But when you really start feeling that doubt, doubt about yourself, doubt about life, it's uncomfortable. 
but it's also an entry point in a big way. Because when you see through the veil of doubt, what's on the other side is undoubtable. But it's a living knowing of undoubtable truth. Again, this is a hard one sometimes for really intellectual people because they want to hold on to their pseudo truth of knowledge. And it can be like prying their fingers off of that to show them there's a knowledge beyond knowledge <laughs> or there's a knowing beyond intellectual knowledge. A big, big difference. Um, but it's scary because you got to go through that doubt barrier, fear barrier. So. Those are the three intellectual mechanisms, I think, that largely, quote unquote, prevent awakening. But again, they're not preventing anything. They're just clever ways of keeping attention engaged and thought, after thought, after thought. In that standing wave of me, the thinker, not noticing I'm taking myself to be a thought, and the thought that I'm engaging, all of it, it's an illusion. And when that illusion collapses, you see very clearly that nothing prevents awakening. <laughs> there is only awakeness. Awakeness is. That's it.